This is an OSV Podcasts production. To learn more about OSV Podcasts Network, visit osvpodcasts.com. FRG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influences, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. We are blessed and excited, episode five, and we are here in our FRG Ministry Warehouse, bearing the heat, as always. It's a hot day. <laughs> it For is. the record, I'm wearing pants, because I love you all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, it's uh, exciting today, we get to talk about death a bit, and about the way Jesus dealt with death. Um, I don't know about any of you, how have you, uh, have you ever dealt with death? Not like dead bodies, more like... Yes, um, I have sung at a lot of funerals in my life and the first time, I remember being as a kid like just being petrified of funerals and like dead bodies and then I got asked to sing at these funerals and the first one I ever did was like a viewing, a rosary and a mass, so I had it all in one and then eventually I just got used to it. You got used to, yeah, mm. but uh, yeah, exactly. So the dead bodies, it's true, I, I, I think you can actually get used to seeing dead bodies. I've seen of course like hundreds and hundreds of dead bodies. But what I found difficult as a deacon, I think the first time as a deacon was the first time I touched a dead body. And of mm. course you have to, as priests, um, bless dead bodies. We don't anoint dead bodies because the anointing is for the the living. It's the sacrament of the living. But um, we bless dead bodies. And one of the things that always strikes me about dead bodies is how it feels so different so so it's like for those of you who have never touched a dead body it's like getting no i'm serious um because they keep them in fridges as well especially in summer it's like touching a like a chicken you know like that's been in the fridge uncooked (laughs) guys i'm struggling in this corner to see the light-hearted nature of this conversation i'm 32 years old and i've gone my whole life the only dead bodies i have seen have been um saints Ah, so relics. Relics, like just randomly walking around Paris. Uh, I went to Zara. <laughs> oh, look at that body. No, seriously, Zara. I went to Zara and like three doors down, I was like, oh, let's go into this church. Oh my goodness, it's St. Vincent de Paul. Oh, wow. <laughs> so in between shopping trips and coffees, I saw St. Vincent de Paul. How amazing is that? That was cool. Like, that is cool. Man, becoming a saint and and looking upon a saint like that it's like man like those hands were the hands that you know yeah yeah just yeah. served god so faithfully and he had a with all due respect a slightly bigger nose than i thought <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I well like, your body I fit right <laughs> but, body, but some parts of our body keep growing like your ears and your when nose you're dead. well and no, i don't know no no, uh, maybe, no when but when you're dead your hair keeps growing what? fingernails yes. fingernails keep are growing are you kidding me yeah, because the follicles don't die straight away. So, so how like, long are we talking? Uh, weeks, I think. Well, I'm not a doctor anyway, but I know they keep growing. So, the, and the, for example, funerals are just before the day of the funeral, they have to shave the beard of a. Get the, out! Yeah, yeah, I seriously. Know wow. That. Wow. So we have to keep like 
Waxing. Yeah. Oh, I, have, I have some waxes my monobrow for me. Oh my gosh, I don't want to scare anyone. Put it in your will. Put yeah, it in your I will. Just say, I would like if my beautician. If you want eyebrows. any money, you must wax my eyebrows. Oh man. Wow. Oh wow. That's interesting. The thing is, you love the Well, dead bodies. But yeah, that's amazing. God gives us this beautiful gift of a body, but we're not going to hold on to it forever. But the soul lives. Lives when we bury the body, we're not burying the soul, we're not burying the person yeah. always. Mm. And. So a reminder to us that we are greater that we're going to live forever but anyway our and bodies come you, our bodies to go to wax your eyebrows <laughs> yeah, that's <right>. as long <laughs> as you can keep it up <laughs> exactly well, as we did on Ash Wednesday you know to, we come from dust and we return yeah. to dust that's yeah. why I don't dust because Oh my I God. might. That was a very funny joke on your Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gave you a pity laugh. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I might be sweeping a friend away. But anyway, okay. So um, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's God give us the inspiration yeah. for those of you who are listening. Pray with us. Bow your head and pray. Especially um, if you're at home, if you're driving, please don't bow your head and pray. Um, but just let's enter into the presence of God. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of the body. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the resurrection, Lord, that we will rise from the dead. Even during this time where we prepare for your death and we prepare for your passion, Lord, remind us not to hold on to things of this world, not to hold on to our bodies, not to hold on to things that satisfy us, the pleasures, Lord, that drag us down, but always to seek to love you, to know you, to seek the resurrection, to seek to serve you, to seek justice, to seek peace and to seek to be selfless in this world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the way you're going to speak to us through this podcast, and we ask your blessing, your peace on us, in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner and join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and his message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. Okay, so we're going to turn to this upcoming Sunday's gospel reading. This comes from the book of John, chapter 11. It's verses 3 to 7, 17, 20 to 27, and 33 to 45. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me 
will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. What a beautiful, again, human story. Um, we see the humanity of Jesus, but also um, it's very complex. There's a lot of complexities here and complexities that are not so complex when we understand things in the context and the pretext in which it is given. So again, always one of the things we try to do in this podcast is always to give you context and to put it in the context of the culture of the time, but also pretext, put it in the, con in the so to speak, context of the text before it and after it as well. Because this makes sense because of what is happening. Of course, the pretext, the con the pretext is that Jesus is at this point still running away in a sense from people and um, he's walking towards his death so he was he has had to be wise on how to um, how to approach this because he didn't want to walk in the middle of the hustle and bustle and the crying and the the big processions because uh, he knew that his time had not yet come it was to come of course at the time where he was going to walk into to jerusalem um, so he was using wisdom and sometimes we depend, we say, oh, I depend on God. But Jesus, I think, really used a lot of wisdom. Like he, he, he did things. Um, he wasn't fearful, but he also was wise because he knew it wasn't time yet. And he, didn't, he knew that if he took the wrong move, the wrong step, it would have been sort of put himself in a, a position that was, um, yeah, going to the cross maybe before he should have gone to the cross. Mm. Interesting, anyway. But he comes to this place that I think there's a beautiful, um, he comes to his family. He wanted to be near Lazarus yeah, at his deathbed. He wanted to be with Mary and Martha during this difficult time. But he waited four days. Why four days? <laughs> Something to do with the soul leaving the body in what the Jews believed. Well, by the fourth day, Lazarus was truly, truly dead yeah. according, to, according to Jewish belief. So they believed that the soul of the person hovered over the body for mm -hmm. three days, but then not on the fourth. And I think I learnt that's because the body by the fourth day started to decompose and that's it's right. almost as though the soul didn't recognise the body anymore. So yeah. we know that Lazarus was truly dead. Mm. Yes, so it was the time day. basically where they believed on the fourth day that the soul left the body, so there's certainly no life. Mm. Maybe well, within three days you can command the soul back into the body, but mm. now it's gone. What are you going to do, Jesus? 
But Jesus wanted to make sure that it, there was no superstition. You see, mm, it's not about yeah. superstition. It's, it's about um, Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. And there was a greater purpose here in, in this, of this sign of Jesus. Throughout the Gospel of John, there's so many of these different signs. We see um, Jesus had um, changed water into wine. He had healed so many different people. He had fed the 5,000. And now he was raising Lazarus from the dead. And he, what he's doing here is he's revealing his power over life and death. And so, yeah, it makes sense that he waited that four days to show that Lazarus was truly dead so he could really show his power over life and death. Mm. Yes. So he wasn't late. He wasn't just running no. late like, oh, I missed my bus. I have to wait <laughs> three days to the next one. Like, what the heck? Like, he wasn't late. Yes. And yeah. I think sometimes, though, from our human inability to understand and conceive God's, you know, um, perceive God's plans for us, we can sometimes feel like God is late. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Martha, be it who Martha yes. was, was looking at her watch that she probably didn't have because this is 2,000 <laughs> years ago, but whatever the equivalent was, She's thinking, like, um, hello, like any minute now. You know, she, would, yes. she was the one keeping everyone on time and in check. And I think sometimes what that reminded me of or, or prompted in me was like, what do we do when we feel like God is late? with his plans for our life. Yeah. You know, what do we do? How do we respond? How do we trust? What does my prayer sound like when I feel like God is late in mm-hmm. showing up or late in coming through? And um, do how we do lose we, enthusiasm? Do we lose right. passion in prayer? Do we think, ah, yep. it's too late? Yeah, and I kind of get angry, like so I can be a brat. Like I know that for a fact, even with God, probably especially with God. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, of like, this is so unfair. Like, why is this happening to me? Um, and there could be a myriad of different situations in our life and some of them actually very hard, you mm-hmm. know, not just I want this and I didn't get it, but God, someone in my family is sick and they're just not getting better, but we're praying. And, yes. you know, you, you might be in a situation where you see that God is healing other people and kind of, all right, God, like I want to trust that you could do this and I want to trust in you more. And, and I'm sure Mary and Martha were the same. They were in exactly the same boat. They mm-hmm. knew that. Jesus not only was healing others, but he was healing Roman guards. He was mm-hmm. healing people that, you know, were not even technically friend. Yes. And, and, and they were waiting for that. So what do we do? How do we respond? What does our trust look like when we feel like we're waiting? Yes. And so it's, it starts again with the, with the idea of the promise. You see, Jesus himself said, this is not going to end up in death when... Well, hold on. It ended up in death, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, he's saying at the end, death is not going to have the final say. So again, um, even if um, you don't get the answer to your prayer, like you, you would have expected. I was speaking at a women's conference and this, um, I got a message uh, where I was talking to these women about um, how important it is to, to persist in prayer and how to, like the prayer of my mother that brought me basically out of death and brought me to, event, to the eventual priesthood. And uh, a woman came up to me and said, uh, sort of sent an email and saying, hey, um, well, I didn't get that miracle in my life um, it doesn't mean that i didn't pray enough i didn't pray she was praying for her mom and she said like my mom died anyway Mm. and this is the thing you see death doesn't have the final say and i told her and i uh, tell you the listeners as well that sometimes you don't get the answer you want you you wanted them to rise from the dead you wanted them to get out of their sick bed but at the end of the day the greatest prayer answered is that they get to heaven Mm -hmm. it's not that they get out of their sick bed 
So don't underestimate your prayer because your prayer, even though it didn't get them out of bed, it could have got them out of hell. Mm -hmm. And so you keep praying, you keep praying. And even if you don't get the results that you expect, in this case, God decided to heal. Jesus decided to heal, but he didn't heal because of Lazarus. I mean, Lazarus got the raw end of the deal. He was happy in heaven. He was like, <laughs> like everything was fantastic. You know, when you die and you go to heaven and Lazarus, sort of knowing Jesus, went to, to heaven and he's there and setting up his room and his can't believe he's in heaven. He's happy. He's, I, I had uh, a preacher friend of mine saying that when he was in heaven, he sort of, he settled down in heaven. He just made the order for Ikea and <laughs> Ikea was at the door ready to deliver. And when he he's, runs to the door because he hears the door knock, and it's actually God saying, hey, sorry, mate, sort of, I'm going to have to send you back down. <laughs> and the disappointment, who's going to take my order now? I'm going I'm to be home. I'm going to have to walk all the way to the post office. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so he, the reason why he rose Lazarus from the death, dead was not to do Lazarus a favor. Yeah. But it was one uh, for witness. He wanted the world to witness that he was the resurrection and he alone can resuscitate, give life. But the second thing he wanted to show was, um, there was a second thing and I forgot it. But yeah, he wanted, it was a justice issue. The second thing was it was yeah. a, a justice issue. And because Mary and Martha couldn't look after themselves. They couldn't look after, um, they couldn't work. They couldn't, there wasn't, women weren't in the workforce. They didn't have um, um, social benefits. So in a sense, their lifeline went with Lazarus. Mm -hmm. So it was a justice issue as well. As you were speaking, Justine, I was just thinking um, when it, when God seems late, I think we can often feel like, I don't know, I've experienced this in my life and I've seen this in, in countless situations. Maybe God didn't hear my prayer or God isn't listening to my prayers, but we can see clearly in this story that Jesus had heard that prayer. He had heard that Lazarus was sick. And what did he do? He stayed where he was for those two days. Um and again, it doesn't mean that Jesus wasn't close to them because we mm. know in this story as well, like he was a close friend of the family. I mean, you would think close friends, you hear that they're sick, you would run to their side. But no, we know from this story that there was a greater purpose um, to this, um, even though they didn't understand it at the time. And we might not understand those situations yeah. that we have in our life. Um, the greater purpose was to reveal Jesus's divine glory. So as hard as it is, we do need to, keep that trust in God and have amazing people around us to support us in those times. I know, um, yeah, I've definitely experienced this and I just wouldn't be able to do it without the amazing people around. Exactly. And I yeah. think to reveal God's glory doesn't always mean that we get the prayer answered the way we want mm -hmm, to. Mm -hmm. But imagine we don't get the prayer answered and we're still able to praise God. We're still able to trust God. That is God's glory revealed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's something weird that happens in me when you say that. It's like, I want to be that person. Yeah. Mm. It's like the short end of the stick, like from mm -hmm. a, um, at first glance, you're like, why would you ask for that? But actually that's the kind of faith I so desire. And I'm mm -hmm. still trying to figure out how to be that person yeah, of faith. Absolutely. But I don't know, there's something deeply good and true about that. Yes. And we always strive. We always strive for holiness. We always strive. And again, it's always looking at the example of Jesus, the beautiful example of Jesus and the humanity of Jesus. And there are questions I have like of Lazarus crying, you know, but if he knew he was going to rise from the dead, why was he crying? And also another beautiful human aspect while I was thinking about this and reflecting on the scriptures, Mary and Martha, their, their character, I don't know, again, pretext, context, if you remember, the, the previously, the, there was Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus 
Mata cooking and then Mata sort of feisty, getting angry. And why don't you come and help me? Why don't you tell my sister to come and help me? And then Jesus saying, hey, you, she's doing the right thing. And so you know the characters of Mary and Martha. And again, their characters come out again here. Mary sits down and just thinking, okay, Jesus came. He's going to do what he's going to do. And what does Martha do? She runs towards Jesus. She's saying, where have you been? Like, why are you so late? What did you come? Why? And she was the feisty one. And sometimes we relate to God in different ways. Sometimes we relate to God in the contemplative and in the trusting and in the silence, but also... Um, bishop Joe, uh, a good bishop who um, was my bishop for a long time and passed away. But he used to say, he said, don't be afraid to get angry with God. Don't be afraid to, sh- to, to shout at, at God, in a, of course, in a trusting way. But to uh, so many times I go to my room and I'm like punching my pillow. I'm saying, why God? Why did you allow this? You could have done this. And this is what Martha did. Yeah. She, maybe we have it as blessed, but then at the same time, maybe she was punching Jesus' <laughs> shoulder saying, well, you could have, you could have done that. Because yeah. she was, grieving like who knows and i think that's also testament to the friendship that they had and i don't Mm. know while i was reading this maybe this is just a little revelation for me and and something i need to hear in my life but gosh the friendship that jesus had with lazarus and with mary and martha like the disciples obviously yeah they were his friends but whenever i think of the disciples i think of disciple i think of people who followed him and were learning from him but here we have a very explicit picture of jesus's friend the kind of people Mm. he'd just go hang out with because he felt like he could just be himself and not have to try around them i don't know it's jesus so maybe yeah well jesus didn't have his own home right he didn't have his own family so i mean i i know this as a priest you know there are families i'm so close to because they've taken me in as as their their son their grandson and Mm. their friend and and some young married couples as well that i feel like i'm uh, I'm an insider in a sense yeah, yeah. and uh, you have this special love for them and they have this special love for you as a yeah. priest and so I think Jesus would have felt the same way and if one of these people in my life were to die I, uh, you know what I mean <laughs> I would yeah. be a, 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 I'd be devastated you yeah know? I think it's good to just remember that friendship though and, and, and that love and I, I found a very cool quote from um, Saint Jose Maria and he said Jesus is your friend the friend with a human heart like yours, with loving eyes that wept for Lazarus. And he loves you as much as he loved Lazarus. Like, don't forget Mm. that. Don't forget that that's the God, that's the Jesus that we're talking about, who wants to be your intimate friend, who is that friend. Mm. Um, As you were speaking of the characters of of Mary and Martha, yes, they were friends of Jesus, but we can see through this story as well, Martha has this really cool progression of faith throughout the Mm -hmm. story as well. That's really interesting to point out. Mm Um, obviously at the start she's where have you been but we can see that she already has this understanding and confidence that Jesus has the power to heal and that God's going to do whatever Jesus asks of him Um, Jesus obviously talks about how he's the resurrection and the life and he asks if she believes this and she says yes I do but we can see as the story progresses that her faith isn't quite at that mature point yet because when Jesus says move away the stone what does Martha say she says but he's been dead for four days. Like it, he's it's stinky. All stink. He's stinky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and so this kind of shows us that she doesn't really understand Jesus's full identity, yeah, right? And his capacity. That's it. But once Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and she sees his power over over death, her faith just jumps to this this next level, right? And I feel like 
this happens in our lives as well. Once we see the power of God working in our life and we come to this deeper understanding of who God is, our faith is deepened and strengthened. Mm. i got a soft spot for Martha. She's great. <laughs> That's it. So these are beautiful characters as well that remind us of the, the beauty of relationship with Jesus and the power that relationship with Jesus has in our lives when we choose to accept him. Amen. Amen. So let's hear a little bit from our sponsors. Pray with the gospel readings every day of the year with Sacred Space, the prayer book 2023. The text of each day's gospel passage is included, along with points of reflection and a prayer theme for the entire week. Put together by Irish Jesuits, Sacred Space, the prayer book, is a wonderful way to immerse yourself in prayer using the principles of Ignatian contemplation. Find Sacred Space, the prayer book 2023 at loyolapress.com or wherever you buy your Catholic books. Justine. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the reality check. This week we're going to talk a little bit about heaven and three reasons why we should get excited about heaven. Lazarus was excited about being in heaven. He got called out of heaven, but he made a, a sequel return, <laughs> a follow-up return. I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> three reasons to get excited about heaven. Don't get me wrong. I'm not quite ready to die yet. You yes. know, I think God has given us this life on earth for a reason and it's a gift from him. But if we have this sort of enjoyment here on earth, how much more will we have in heaven? So my first reason to get excited about heaven, ladies and gentlemen, is- Drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the first thing and probably the most important thing, we'll finally get to be face to face with Jesus. Like full stop. Yeah. I cannot even imagine what that would be like. And not only that, but we'll be in perfect relationship with him. You know, we don't even know what it's like to have a perfect relationship with God. You know, even as Christians with the forgiveness that comes through Jesus, through his death and resurrection, we still, um, we battle with sin. We battle with temptation. But one day, this will be no more, you know. As God's children, there will be no more divide between us and we will be in that full communion. And honestly, my only response to that is, can you even imagine? Mm. I can't even imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I should write the song like that. That's cool. So first one, we'll get to be face to face with Jesus. The second reason to get excited about heaven is because there will be no more pain, no more suffering and no more sin. Like our world is full of those things and our lives have, you know, that they riddle our lives, mm -hmm. th those things. But in heaven, there is no more. There are no more poor that need to beg, no more people who are oppressed by anything or anyone, um, no more people who can't see, who can't run, who can't speak for themselves, no more sin, no more hatred, no corruption, no more war. Like these things just, they don't exist in heaven. How amazing. And no fear of them as well. Sometimes oh, we have the wow. fear of war, the fear yes. of, of the things that can go wrong. Yep. We leave, we just, we leave all of that here on earth. And those things have, um, we can find meaning in them on earth, but they don't come with us to heaven. Yeah. And I think that's just incredible. St. Thomas More said, um, earth hath, has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. So yeah. wow. number two, no more pain, no more suffering, no more sin. And I just thought like one and two, this doesn't really need a three. Like I'm happy with one and two, <laughs> yeah. but if I was to pick a third, uh, there's no aging in heaven. <laughs> so chuck no. out all your face cream. <laughs> Uh, There's no time in heaven. No, no Botox in this tree. Yeah, that's it. See you later. And um, someone was saying that um, there are saints who say that we all resume or assume our age 
that we're 33. Oh, 33. So I'm we're happy all, with that. Well, so if you're 15, you turn 33. Everyone is at I'm the age of 33. Oh, yeah, wow. Why 33? Because um, that's the age of Jesus' resurrection. So, um, yeah. Uh, who knows? Look, I think that's, uh, again, anthropomorphic. <laughs> yeah, so we're well. seeing things in our own image and under the church doesn't officially teach that. But yes, we'll certainly all be recognizable and we certainly won't be, we'll all be beautiful, resurrected body. I was just going to say, Justine, we've got a few months to get to our prime. <laughs> yeah, watch me. Take photos. So good, all I'm in. I'm just past it. We've got the young ones on the couch over here yeah. for a reason. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Catholic Influencers podcast. As always, feel free to check us out on social media, frgministry.com forward slash podcast. All those links are there to our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter. We're also on TikTok. Go check us out on TikTok. Follow, share. Um, What else? We're coming up to Holy Week. And if you want to go deeper into this Lent, we encourage you to be part of our Holy Week retreat. The Scandal of the Cross, which is going to be presented by our very own Father Rob and a wonderful friend of the ministry, Pastor Phil Brake. All those details are at fijministry.com forward slash events, a free Holy Week retreat. Check that out. Um, other than that, we'll see if, you guys next week. That's right. And if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go jump in a cold pool right yes. now. <laughs> we have a pool at the back. Yeah, it's a puddle. <laughs> a dried out one. <laughs> okay, see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com.